This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good morning everyone. Daf Kuf Zayin is really a fascinating blot about the five women who are not believed to testify that a, woman, that a woman's husband died and because of hatred and because of that, it's interesting. Either she's just going to try to mess the, the person who she hates up. There's nothing in it for her. She's just going to try to mess the person up. Or there's a practical thing. I, let's say, I hate you because you're going to take away my money. So this way, I remove you from the family <laughs> so, so you won't take away my money. In other words, is it just a spite? It's a, it's a chakira that Rukhid Eger talks about. Is it just a spite? Or actually, it's not just this, but I, I hate you because I don't want you to take away my money, so I'm going to make you usher to the man, so this way you won't take away my money. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Mishnah. The Mishnah on Kuf Tezayin is going on to Kuf Yezayin It's talking about, we know in Eirechad is Neman to say that a husband died. Not only that, the woman herself is believed to say her husband died. Machlek is Visham Beis Hillel, whether she gets her ksuba. Beishamah says she gets her ksuba. Beishilol says she doesn't get her ksuba. Beishamah says, I don't understand. You rely on the edus for something chamor, you don't rely on it for something kal? So Beishilol says the proof is in the pudding, of course. We allow her to get married, but if anyone who says the husband died, um, the brothers don't inherit him, meaning regarding Nachala, we don't say that he's dead. We only say he's dead regarding Igu, Aguna, to allow her to remarry. So Beishamai said, Misefer Kesuva Nilmaid. We learn from the text of the Ksuba that he writes to her that if you marry someone else, you should be able to collect the Ksuba, and Beishol agreed. So, what exactly is this logic that we learn out from the Ksuba that anytime you're allowed to marry, you should be able to uh, collect the ksuba. What does that mean? Anytime you marry, you should be able to collect the ksuba. Why would that be? Anytime you marry, you should be able to collect the ksuba? So, Rabbi Hanan asked the question in the following way. <clears throat> the bottom line is, is an Eidechad Neman Legabe Mamain? Is one witness believed regarding Mamanais? Absolutely not. What if we knew the husband was alive? Would we let her accept, accept, um, collect the Ksuba? Absolutely not. Now, so that means regarding money, <clears throat> we don't believe the guy. So regarding money, we don't believe the guy, and we say the guy is alive. So how in the world could she collect the Ksuba? Because it says in the Ksuba, whenever she could get married, she collects the Ksuba? Yeah, whenever she's uh, getting married because the husband's dead, she's allowed to get the ksuba. But let's say she's getting married and it was a mistake. Then she shouldn't be able to get the ksuba. I mean, aren't we done? Isn't the question, did the husband die or not? So, regarding Nachala and regarding Mamon, we say, and Ein is like he's not here, right? We know, um, you know, you need to aid him to be Moitzi Mamon. So we say, an Eidachar is like he's not here. And the Eidachar does not believe that he died. And it could be he didn't die. So what is added by the fact that you wrote, when she could marry, 
she gets the ksuba. If we knew the husband was alive, we wouldn't let her marry. She's an Eishas Ish. So the heter to, to, for her to get married, Lashuk, is a toss. So how could you let her accept the ksuba, collect the ksuba, based on a toss? You say, oh, it's not a mistake, because you're relying on the aid. You can't rely on the aid for the ksuba. Regarding mama, and the aid is not believed. Regarding the heter Lashuk, She's allowed to get married. Or another way, another way of phrasing the question is <laughs> irrespective of what it says in the Ksuba, if we knew the husband was alive, she couldn't get married and she'd be an Eshasish. So it means her hetter to get married is erroneous. So what are you what are you giving the Ksuba based on? The aid. But regarding Mamain, the aid is not believed. Oh, but it says in the Ksuba, whenever she gets married, she gets her Ksuba. So say regarding Mamain, we never allowed her to get married. I mean, what are we giving her the Ksuba based on? Is it that, well, the husband writes that he's mafker the mamon any time there's any halachic reason for her to get married? Well, regarding monetary law, there is no reason for her to get married. What hetter is there for her to get married? <clears throat> so there's an interesting Avnei Milum over here. Let's see if we could bring it up. The Avnei Milum basically says that the woman get that a kisuba is not dependent... On Misa Sabal, a Ksuba is dependent on one thing only. Ksuba is dependent on her being permitted to get married. Now that's a very big Chiddush. You would think that the reason why a woman gets a Ksuba is because the husband died. Not, not her going to someone else. Her going to someone else. Why would the husband give her money because she's marrying another guy? The Heter is because the husband died. The way the Avdei Milum says it is the Nirlani is daiti the kivan de be'ed misa ein ha'achin yardim lanachla apiv. When a witness says that a guy died, the brothers don't inherit. Shmami nadu anir mamin harei b'cheskas chai. So that means regarding monetary law, we apply a presumptive status that he's alive. <coughs> So why do we allow the witness's testimony to enter regarding letting her get married? The Chachamim believed him. Anything that has a little bit of a reason and a, and a reliance, it's not considered uprooting something from the Torah. Ayin Sham Betoisis, Reish Perak Ha'isha Rabbah, Debeya Maschal, Mitoi Choymer, Okay. Verashi Zal Kasim Sacha Shabbos, Da'akilu Barabbanu Mishum Dekol Demekadesh, Adaita Derabbanu Kamekadesh. In other words, we're trying to explain why is it that if regarding monetary law, we do not allow the testimony of one witness to have any bearing, which means that regarding monetary law, we apply chazaka. Why do we let the woman get married? Um, so he's quoting, do you remember this? Uh, I think he's quoting um, Tysus, 
that something that has a little bit of a reason, it's not called Oikar Davinat Torah. Do you remember that Toysus Asara? That any time there's a logical basis, it's not considered Oikar Davinat So regarding monetary law, he, we say he's alive. Regarding the woman getting married, the Chachamim Kamen are Oikar Davinat Or Toysus says, Arashi says in Masechta Shabbos, the rabbi simply uproot the marriage. Ay, so why does she collect the ksuba? But regarding money, he's still alive. Right? That's the kasha. The whole reason we let her get married is the Rabbanon Aroiker, the Kedushin. But Legabe Mamoin, we say the husband's alive. So why does she get the ksuba? Look at the Abne Miluim. Misham Tanai Ksubasa Sinanala. This is a stipulation of the ksuba. Shekein Kasavla. Lechshetinasi Laacher. Because he writes, when you get married, Titli Mad the it's a monetary obligation that the man tells the woman that when you get married, I don't care why you get married. Even though I'm alive. You hear this? The man obligates himself. That even if I'm alive, if, the, if you're allowed to get married, it could be because the Chachamim are oiker your marriage. It could be because the Rabbanon say you could be oiker davamina Torah if there's some logic. I'm giving you the ksuba. She's like a divorce. That's the way the Abnei Milum looks at it. That is a very big chiddush. The, the chiyuv ksuba does not come from Misas Habal. It comes from her heter to get married. Even though her heter to get married here is even though we think the guy is still alive. The, but why is she allowed to get married if we think the guy is still alive? Either the, the Chamar Oikr, the Kedushin. Why? There's a basis for it. Rabbi Hanan has a different way of explaining. Because it's very interesting. We let... <laughs> It's like we let her collect the ksuba, but we don't let the brothers inherit the the husband. It's almost like regarding the ksuba here. The way Avnei Miluim says it is even regarding the ksuba, we think he's alive. It's just a tonight that the guy says, if you're allowed to get married, I'm giving you the ksuba. But the pashup shot is that for some reason, regarding the brothers inheriting him, we say he's alive, but regarding her getting the ksuba, we say he's dead. Why would that be? So, <clears throat> Rabbi Chanan says, yisoid hachdina de The yisoid of this din of palgina ne'amanos is the chshahoed meyed be'ezo davar asher mimenu yoytsim shnei dinim chalukim. Rabbi Chana basically says that there's a, there's a halacha, there's a concept of pagina nemanas. Sometimes you could believe Edim regarding one aspect and not regarding another aspect. And sometimes we say if we believe them for A, we have to believe them for B and you can't split the two. So he says, When an aid testifies... 
about something from which there are two repercussions, ramifications. We believe him regarding that element that he has believability. Let's say like this. Let's say a father says, you know, my son, he's a gadol. He, he has signs of maturity. The fathers believed regarding the kids, Nadarim and Hektish, that if the kid is Makdish, something it's effective, but not regarding punishing the kid. If one Eid Echad says her husband died, he's believed to allow her to get married, but not to, for anyone to inherit the deceased. Why? Because, listen carefully, her permissibility to get married is not connected with other people yarshining this guy. And people yarshing the guy is not connected with her permissibility to get married. Regarding allowing her to get married, we believe him that the husband died. And regarding inheritance, one second, um, Regarding inheritance, we assume the guy is alive. How could we let her get married and people not inherit him? You can't be halfway dead. That's the concept of Pagina and Ne'amanus. You could be believed regarding her getting married. But not regarding people inheriting. When do we say If the two dinim are not dependent one on the other, like inheritance and allowing her to get married. The two repercussions are not dependent on each other. But rather, the two repercussions are dependent on one thing. When you have two repercussions, can she get married? Can people inherit her? These two repercussions are not dependent one on the other, although they are dependent on one fact. Is he alive or dead? We could say, regarding inheriting from, from his estate, he's alive. Regarding his wife remarrying, he's dead. Amnam, however, says Rabbi Hanan, how why is it that we say that the aid is believed that she could marry and now she could collect the ksuba? Why don't we say the same thing? There are two repercussions of the husband dying. There's her remarrying and there's her um, collecting the ksuba. Collecting the suba and remarry not depend on each other. They're just dependent on the same thing. Rebbe Khan says, no, they're not. Ksuba is not dependent on the death of the husband. If she's allowed to get married, she'll take the ksuba even if the husband's alive. Like by a get, or the opposite. 
she's not allowed to get married in her Delsuba, even if the husband's dead, where even though the husband's dead, she doesn't get the Ksuba, so long as she doesn't do Yibam. From here we see, Regarding the ksuba, the death of the husband is not mala, it's not married. It's all dependent on it, could she get married. They're not, it's not that collecting the ksuba and her remarrying are like the brothers inheriting her, inheriting the estate and her remarrying. There, both of those things are dependent on his death. Here, they're dependent on each other. Since the collecting of the ksuba comes from her heter to get married, Listen carefully. Not like the Avnei Miluim said, that there's a din! There's a din! Whenever she could get married, she gets a ksuba, even if the husband's alive. No, there's no such din that whenever she could get married, she gets the ksuba. But collecting the ksuba is caused by her heter to get married. Now, technically, we could say, we'll believe you to get married in order to get married, but not regarding the ksuba. But since it depends on the same thing, we cannot say, Palgina Nehmanas. You can't divide it. Inheriting the deceased is not dependent on the heter to get married. The to get married is not dependent on the nachala. But rather, they're both dependent on Misa Sabal. But the collection of the ksuba is not dependent on Misa Sabal. It's dependent on the Heter Nesuin. And therefore, listen carefully, it's not that since she could get married, therefore automatically she gets the Ksuba. It's just that once we believe her to get married, then we cannot say Palginon Nemonos and say we'll believe you regarding one and not regarding the other when the two things are dependent on each other. That's how Rabbi Khanan learns it. Okay, Rabbi Say. There's sort of a very fine difference between the Avnei Miluim and Rabbi Hanan, namely the way the Avnei Miluim says it is, there is some din that a woman who can get married gets her ksuba, because that is what is mechayiv the ksuba. What is mechayiv the ksuba is her ability to get married. Rabbi Hanan sort of says that since conceptually what is mechayiv the ksuba is her hetter to get married, even though ordinarily we could say we'll believe you for one and not the other, but regarding something like this, we will not say palgina ne'amonos. Okay, so here's the deal for this week. Um, I have a wedding Tuesday. So I'm going to try to do Sunday night and Monday night this week. I'll try to send out a message uh, this afternoon. We still have to make up something on Kuf Tezai and Kuf Tezvav. Have a great day. Brachavat Slacha.
Thank you very much. Colton. Um, yes. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.